All right, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to MMA Talk number two. Today, we're going to talk about a bunch of fun stuff. We're going to talk about Daniel Cormier possibly retiring. We're going to talk about John Jones vacating the title. We're also going to talk about the next pay-per-view coming up for the UFC, Adesanya versus Costa. And we're going to talk about bare-knuckle fighting and all that good stuff. So you've come to the right place. If you're listening to this on Apple iTunes with your iPhones or Samsungs or whatever, thank you very much. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you, thank you. So, my friends, without further ado, for any of the MMA fans, know that the last pay-per-view... The main event was Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic. Now, Daniel Cormier has had a long, illustrious career, uh, you know, Olympic-level athlete in wrestling, and, uh, you know, he just couldn't get the job done. And I want to see their, their fight, which was an amazing one. It wasn't so much as Daniel Cormier dropped the ball, it was just Stipe Miocic is a friggin' beast, and he is absolutely outstanding in what he does. Um, it was very exciting, it was fun, and, uh, man, Stipe Miocic is good, so... If DC is hanging up the gloves, you know, man, I'd recommend for anyone who doesn't know who Daniel Cormier is or who hasn't watched his fights, you can go YouTube, you know, just find some highlights for yourselves. I think finding DC and uh, his bout with Alexander Gustafson would be interesting. I think looking at his bouts with John Jones might be interesting. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting guy. I, I kind of discovered Daniel Cormier a little bit later on in his career. Okay, I'm going to be honest, super late. Like, I basically really got into it. I'd heard of his name before, but I hadn't, like, seriously paid attention to him until the John Jones rivalry. His rivalry with him really put him on the map for me. And I think, guys, one of the most heated, I mean, hateful rivalries that you'll find in UFC is easily John Jones and Daniel Cormier. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, Daniel, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not real. And, like, they're paid to see that. Man, these guys hate each other. Jesus, type in DC and John Jones. Unbelievable some of the things these guys have said to each other. But yeah, man, uh, I think, you know, if DC's retiring, he's had an amazing career. If he's not retiring, I'm super excited to see, you know, if they give him like a final fight. You know, what if they give him like a final fun fight if it's against hopefully a big opponent and still be a main event somewhere? Because um, I think he deserves it, you know. But yeah, sensational record. I want to say 22 and, and 3, I want to say. 22 and 3. Those losses coming, two of them to Stipe and one of them coming to John Jones. So phenomenal, man. Good on him. Good on him and bless DC's soul. So as soon as DC retires, a couple days later, John Jones comes out. He's like, guys, it's been fun. I'm vacating my belt. He just gave up his lightweight, his light heavyweight championship. He's like, yeah, man, I'm done with this. I'm going to take a break for a while. And people are like, what the hell? So here are my first thoughts. John Jones, I'm a huge fan of this. I really am. As a fighter unfreaking believable as a person i haven't decided how i feel about him yet but as a fighter amazing easily one of the greatest to ever step foot in the octagon many would even say the number one greatest right it's open to discussion but um you know th this comes at a weird time right the, the one thing that really rubbed me wrong about john jones was that one of the big things that had been disturbing him was the money he was like hey man i'm asking for more money i'm trying to renegotiate with the ufc i'm trying to up my salary and the ufc was like no nah, dude we're not going to do that and that's one of the reasons why John Jones was kind of playing hard to get. And, and I think that was one of the reasons that he did drop his title and he's moving up to heavyweight. Now you go, well, Daniel, why would he renegotiate? Here's the thing. Just being an amazing fighter doesn't mean you're going to make amazing money. Perfect example, Demetrius Johnson. Who? Exactly. Now, who makes good money? I would assume a Conor McGregor makes good money. I would assume a Jorge Masvidal started making good money this year. I would assume a Diaz makes good money. Now, Diaz and Masvidal, they don't have outstanding records, man. But it's the way that they can sell out arenas, pay-per-view buys, merchandise. When people want to see you fight, you don't have to be literally the best fighter. But if people want to see you fight, if you can bring in money, you're going to make more money. 
you can be an amazing fighter. But if, if you don't trash talk or if you're not an exciting fighter or if you're not, you don't catch people's attention, man, you're not going to make a lot. And I'm not saying you have to trash talk. That's just the Conor McGregor era, man. Think about Anderson Silva or think about George St. Pierre. They virtually never trash talked. Right? There's a, I'm sure there's, there's a bunch more people um, that I, I can't name right now off the top of my head, but they're in the UFC and they don't trash talk. They're good. They're respectful. They do their thing. But um, yeah, so, so it really depends on how much do people want to see your fights. And unfortunately, John Jones fell into this hole where you start winning so many of your fights. You start dominating them. It's just not exciting anymore. And there aren't any other names. So there aren't any other people that uh, you're familiar with. So for example, John Jones, when he had Daniel Cormier, that had lots of attraction. That had lots of hype. But then all of a sudden, you have you know, John Jones against Anthony Smith. Again, nothing against Anthony Smith. He's a good fighter. He's not a name. So naturally, not as many pay-per-view buys not as many you know merchandise sales or selling out the arena and the people who didn't watch the fight they just look at the highlights or they hear about what happened jones dominated they're like okay rightfully so i didn't pay for the pay-per-view because i knew this was going to happen the problem where it gets problematic is one well, then you have john jones go up against a guy like tiago santos who again i was watching the pay-per-view because i'm a fan of john jones and, and there were some other matchups on the card and if you actually saw that fight you saw it was very close and it was very competitive i would argue that john jones is a star in the sense where if you have a close fight with John Jones, he can elevate your star level. So I would argue, man, now I want to see who Tiago fights next. After seeing Tiago put in the performance that he did against Jones, uh, was it was that last year or was it two years ago? Because I know Dominic Reyes was his latest fight for John, but it doesn't matter. But after I saw Tiago put up such a good effort and still losing to John, I'm now a Tiago fan. Right now, he builds him up, and now I'm excited to see the rematch, if they ever do rematch. Which will be interesting because John just uh, left his division. Same thing with Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes is fighting John Jones. Guess what? Doesn't do too great for merchandise. The pay-per-view doesn't sell too many. And I would argue that Dominic Reyes won that fight. I said, like, it went five rounds, went 25 minutes, went to decision. And I was like, dude, I think this is it. I think Dominic Reyes is the guy. I think he just beat John Jones. Now, it doesn't matter what I thought because the judges didn't, didn't agree with me. They thought that John Jones walked away with the title. A lot of people who I have talked to were or uh, you know, more accurately <laughs> read about on Twitter and online blogs and whatnot, they've also agreed with me. They're like, yo, Dominic Reyes should be the, the light heavyweight champion right now. So what I think is, is John Jones, you know, is here in a pandemic and he's like, listen, I need to make more money. Dana White's like, listen, you blah, blah, blah. Not only have we not fired anyone due to being in a global pandemic, not only, we, we haven't even taken a cent off of anyone's salaries. We haven't asked anyone to take a pay cut. So you should be grateful that we haven't fired anyone, that we haven't asked for any pay cuts. You're coming and you're asking for a raise? During this pandemic, you want more money? When you realize that we can't have any fans in the arena. So we're not making any money from the gate, from like our VIP seats and all, none of that stuff. Knowing that you're coming and asking for more money right now. It's like, dude, it's not gonna happen. So naturally Jones is like, all right, I'm going up to heavyweight. Why? Because I guarantee you, if he would have stayed down in the heavyweight division, he would have had to fight Dominic Reyes. And Dominic Reyes has a real chance of beating him. So I get it. If I was John, I'd be like, all right, I got to fight Dominic again. Chances are it's the rematch. People are going to be more hyped, more excited. But it's not an, a big of a fight that maybe I could go to heavyweight and get a bigger fight. Not maybe, with pretty much with big certainty. Two guys, Francis Ngannou, Stipe Miocic. If John Jones goes up right now, has a fight with either of those two, the stock's through the roof. Why? Because Francis is already a star. Stipe Miocic is, is I mean, the, the discussion is he's one of the, if not the greatest heavyweight of all time right now, Stipe Miocic. What is his record now? 19 and 3 or 20 and 3? Like, unfreaking believable. You know, he's finished Fabrizio Verdun. He's, he's finished Daniel Cormier. 
Um, and a list of many, many, many more. He's been doing this for a long time now, the Croatian. And if John Jones goes up, he will get that payday. And I think it will be the star power and really does take two to tango, man. Honest to God. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Khabib's biggest paycheck day, a lot of people's biggest paycheck day, especially in the 155 pound division, comes when they face Conor McGregor. Because Conor McGregor is the only guy who, who you could put him on there facing a broomstick and he'd sell out the arena. So as long as you're on that same pay-per-view and you know that that pay-per-view is being bought by people to watch Conor McGregor, but you're on the undercard, dude, you're getting some money, right? But yeah, so, so that was very interesting. I think Jones is avoiding Dominic. He's not going to admit it, but he's like, why should I fight this guy who can, might have a good chance to beat me? Of course, you can't think like that, but there's a little bit of him. He's like, why should I risk it when I can just move up, fight someone else who's on my level, and at least I get paid a lot more. At least people notice me a lot more. Because I would argue, if you say, who's the hottest star right now, man? Not many people would say John Jones. I'm sure you'd hear Jorge Masvidal. I'm sure you'd hear Amanda Nunes. People would even talk about Conor McGregor, even though he hasn't fought since January, if I recall. Um, people would say, I mean, they, I could see him throwing Usman in the mix. I could see them throwing Israel Adesanya in the mix. But yeah, man, it's just John Jones hasn't been in the spotlight like that, like the hottest star, like the top paid guy for, for quite a while now. And, and again, due to no fault of his own, you know, he was in the late heavyweight division for a long time. He cleared out everybody. There was nobody else on his level. There was no one else on his level until these up and coming guys are, are getting there and he chooses to bounce to heavyweight. So that's interesting. John Jones at heavyweight will be very interesting to, to, I can't remember, man, cause I remember he beat DC, but really after that DC, I can't remember watching a John Jones promo, like in a fight where I was like, yo, like. John Jones is not, uh, you know, the, the top dog. He might be the underdog here. I literally can, even DC was like, ah, oh, maybe. Now, to be fair, that's just when I started following John Jones's career, like, like really succinctly, um, accurately. But man, if he goes up to heavyweight, John Jones or Stipe Miocic or John Jones or Francis Ngannou, we're selling out pay-per-views, ladies and gentlemen, and heavyweight gets a whole lot more interesting. That's very, very, very exciting, man. That's super exciting. Now, my friends, we uh, the next pay-per-view coming up for the UFC is Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. For the people who don't know, um, Paulo Costa is a very, very talented guy. Handsome-looking dude, too. Uh, huge guy. He's so big, man. He's so big. I can't believe in the middleweight division. The middleweight, what is that? I want to say it's one... Is that 175 or 185? I feel like middleweight is 185. Or is that... Yeah, or something along there. But yeah, man, he's a big guy. He's a big boy. And and he, he you know, fights in the middleweight and uh, man, he's got power on him. Unbelievable. The first time I saw him was him against Johnny Hendricks. I want to say that was UFC 217, the same card that GSP came, came back to fight uh, Michael Bisping. If I'm not mistaken, it was UFC 217. But uh, yeah, man, it was, it was so cool. You know, Paulo Costa just looked like, you know, Johnny Hendricks shouldn't even be there with him. Just cleaned him out. Like just obliterated that poor man he looked amazing i think his latest fight paul costa was against yoel romero it was an interesting fight back and forth it was close some people thought yoel romero won i thought rightfully so paul costa won this fight has been in the making for a very long time paul costa and israel Adesanya. paulo unfortunately got injured so it didn't happen but uh, man i'm excited to see this one guys for for a boatload of reasons israel Adesanya is Probably my favorite fighter to watch right now other than Anderson Silva. I feel like you know, if you can watch someone just for fun and just just like just jaw drop and just watch and just enjoy man, Anderson Silva was was my number one. He still is my number one, but I think he's he's getting near the end of his of his career. But if you guys are ever more go to YouTube, I'm sure 
you've heard of Anderson Silva highlights. Man, if you want to see someone do the Matrix, unbelievable, guys. Unfreaking believable. Israel Adesanya, man, has that for me. He has that wow effect. When you see him, like, you can't catch him in a boring fight unless you see his fight with you, Romero. Except that one. But besides that, he's a very exciting fighter. He's a very entertaining fighter. And um, unbelievable. I believe he's 20-0. and 0. Guys, to go undefeated in the UFC is... is I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's hard to come by. Like, like in boxing, what they'll do is they'll take a guy and the promotion will want to build him up. And it's weird because it almost gets like WWE, WWF style, which what I mean is it's not scripted. But the, the, the people at the top, they'll literally put this guy, this pro who they want to get good, they'll put him against amateurs in pro fights. So what will happen is he'll face these guys that have no business being in the ring with them. And they'll look at these crazy records, 30-0, 40-0. Like in boxing, it's, it's not crazy to be 25-0, 30-0 facing another guy who's 25-0. But in the UFC, it's the toughest versus the toughest. So it's, you don't see many people undefeated often, you know, or, or, you know, if they do have an amazing record, I think like Usman's like 16 and one, or again, Stipe 19 and three, Jones 24 and one, but not really. Uh, Khabib, my God, what is he, 28 and 0? Yeah, so it's, it's really like sensational to come by. And even Israel Adesanya right now, 20 and 0. Um, it's just, it's unfreaking believable how good they are and how long they can keep this going. But for this one, I'm very excited because Paulo Costa's got amazing power. Adesanya's got amazing speed. He's got amazing footwork on his side. And uh, that's that's going to be one of the ones that, that, you, that you don't want to miss. That's going to be the one that will go very interesting. And I don't know if it's going to be a back and forth fight or if it's going to be like a one-way domination. I would like to think it's going to be back and forth, that they'll trade rounds. One guy's going to win one round. The other guy's going to adjust and win the other round. But Israel Adesanya, easily the most if not the most easily in the top two or top three most gifted strikers, most technical strikers in the UFC as of right freaking now. So that's an amazing one, my friends. Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. Phenomenal stuff. Finally, folks, I want to talk a little bit about bare knuckle boxing or bare knuckle fighting. I don't know how much you guys know about this stuff, but uh, there's a young lady who used to fight for the UFC. Her name was Paige Van Zandt. Uh, amazing, you know, great girl from what I've seen, from what I've heard. Uh, smiles all the time, sunny, bubbly. You know, she does her thing, whooped people, didn't have the most amazing record, um, you know, but overall, she was a nice looking girl. And, and what happened was her contract with the UFC ended and she signed with someone called Bare, Bare Knuckle Boxing or Bare Knuckle Fighting for a multi-year um, million dollar contract. Now, the thing is, guys, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Bare Knuckle Boxing, but it's, it's pretty ugly. It's pretty brutal. So, you know, if you watch UFC fight, don't get me wrong, you're going to see, you know, busted up lips, swollen this, swollen that. Um... Some people get pretty messed up, but if you were to watch bare knuckle boxing, the, some of the cuts look horrific. And the reason for that is, you know, it's in the title. I believe, I'm trying to think, do they have their hands wrapped or do they literally just go, I want to say they have their hands wrapped. But regardless, my friends, when you are getting punched in the face, right? And when you have not even your knuckles exposed, but when you don't have a glove on, what you'll notice is it's a lot easier for incisions to happen. So for cuts to be created all along your face, rather than let's say if I have a glove on and I punch you five times, that might not cause a cut. It might cause some swelling, it might break your nose, whatever. If I don't have gloves on and even wrapped hands and I punch you, the chances of me cutting up your, your cheekbones and your jaw and your lips and your nose and your eyelids, like it's, it's horrific. Um, it just, it looks really, really bad. Now here's what's interesting. Um, if you, you look at, you're like, all right, Daniel, well, bare knuckle boxing is obviously worse than like regular boxing, right? Or MMA. Here's what's interesting. When the gloves got first introduced in boxing or in MMA, 
I should say UFC specifically, because I know the UFC story. The idea wasn't, hey man, I'm bringing in these gloves so I can protect your face. The idea was, I'm bringing in these gloves so I can protect my hands. Because if I keep punching you in the face, specifically in the jaw and the harder bones, I can break my knuckle. Furthermore, I can break my hand and I can't fight anymore. But if I put on a glove, man, I can punch you in the face as much as you like. <laughs> or as much as I like. So... Um, bare knuckle boxing is interesting because you're in this safe space. If we're talking about what, what's more dangerous, right? You're like, well, Daniel, bare knuckle sounds crazy dangerous. Well, well hear me out. Let's say we get, we were in a sanctioned fight, right? And, you know, you punch me in the face a bunch of times. I have horrible cuts and the ref ends the fight because of the cuts. Now, imagine we have gloves on. You punch me the exact same amount of times. I don't have any cuts. The ref doesn't stop the fight. We go to the next round. Same thing. The ref doesn't stop the fight because there's not as many cuts. We go to the next round. So I think the, the scary thing with gloves is that you get punched more often. The fight lasts longer. And now we're worried about, you know, that damage accumulation over time of me just getting hit and just, just my neck snapping back over and over and over again. Or like the twisting of the neck whenever you connect on the chin. And then you start going, whoa, man. Like when we're talking about neurocognitive um, like, like disorders, you know, we're talking about things like Alzheimer's and dementia and things being sped up like that due to all those blows taken to the head. I would have to think that boxing with gloves on, because the fight ends up going longer, because A, you don't hurt your hand, and B, the ref doesn't see as many uh, fight ending cuts, that could be crazy damaging to, to, to the brain, right? Because your brain's getting scrambled around in there every time you're getting hit. So in one sense, it's like bare knuckle is brutal and, and the cuts look, look pretty bad. But um, on the other end, man, it, you know, if, if you don't see anything on the, out, on, on the exterior, you don't know what's going on in the interior in terms of a concussion, right? How many times can you get punched in the face with a glove on, right? Because the other guy's hand, it doesn't, it doesn't break or, or it's at least cushioned a little bit more. So now you're worried about, dude, how long do we let this fight go on, right? Especially if you're talking about boxing, 12 rounds. Or it used to be 15 rounds, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I think that's a very interesting conversation. Well, what do you folks think about just like bare knuckle boxing in general? Like I know that a lot of people find a UFC a barbaric sport, brutal sport, and to each their own. You know, I, I totally understand why, why they'd say that. Um, but I genuinely find people who find UFC extreme divided up rightfully so. They go, well, Daniel, UFC is cage fighting. Martial arts isn't as extreme. Like if you go to like a classic like karate club or a taekwondo club, again, it depends on the club, right? If we're like punching through boards and whatever, that's a different story. But, but you know, there's a difference between cage fighting and like a true, pure, pure martial arts class, right? Like, a, you know, an Aikido class, a Judo class, a Wing Chun class. Like it's, it's on its own, right? It's different. It's not that, that sort of a mentality, um, like a sport, you know, combat. So I find that interesting. But, but what do you think folks think about bare knuckle boxing? Should it be banned? Should it be legal? But what, what are your thoughts on that? Is that like, is that too dangerous? Guys, if I'm not mistaken, UFC or I think MMA in general, was, was MMA banned in New York a couple years ago? Because I remember the UFC went to Madison Square Garden and they were like, yeah, this is our first... Was it the Conor McGregor-Eddie Alvarez fight? I want to say UFC 205. Because I remember for a very long time, the UFC never went to Madison Square Garden. I believe it was because they were banned. Now, I'm trying to remember, is, was boxing banned as well from New York? Or was it just UFC, like just MMA? Because they deemed it too violent. So I'm curious about what people think about bare-knuckle boxing. I think, man, overall, people just find like fighting really exciting. Um, I know for myself, it's not the fighting per se. Like it's not, I don't want to see two bozos punching each other in the street. 
But it really is, you know, when you see individuals who spend hours, months, years perfecting certain moves to move in a certain way that me and you cannot move, I find that very interesting, right? When you get two people who have trained their own skills and they've honed their own crafts and then they face off and one guy's trying to cancel out the other guy's moves while implementing his own, I find that very fascinating. And then you get into the, the whole mindset games of the deception and the fakes and the feints and, and all this stuff. And it's some of them can be truly beautiful. Some of them can be really, really beautiful, especially if you start breaking down the kickboxing techniques. And if you know a little bit of jujitsu, some of the grappling will stand out to you more. I think it can be really, really, really sweet. But yeah, guys, with that, that concludes MMA Talk. I hope you guys enjoy. This has been Daniel Teaches. Will I do another one for that pay-per-view? Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Custom? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But besides that, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. This has been Daniel Teaches. Have an absolutely sensational day and uh, take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.